Hello, everyone. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. Welcome to the Myers Detox Podcast. And today we have David Holloway on the show, and he is a mindset and leadership coach. He was a championship NFL player, and he has a lot to say about how to set up your mindset to be a champion detoxer. And, you know, it's really important, I think, to have the right mindset for health, to have the right, uh, you know, goals and how to set your goals and how to manifest what you want in your life. And that pertains to, you know, your detox strategy and your health strategies as well. Because I think, um, you know, I, I think for so many people, they just don't they're not really like they, they want to get better, but they don't really set goals for that, or they want to achieve something and they just are kind of maybe some directionless or just not really as focused as they could be. And this, the, you know, I think the same principles uh, to achieve what you want in life also pertain to detoxification. So we're going to be talking about um, how to set your goals and manifest them. And this is coming from a, an NFL, NFL champion whose dad was an NFL champion and who also his grandfather was as well. And so this person knows about winning and how to achieve and how to create the right mindset and how to set your goals. And so I wanted to have him come on to discuss all that. He's going to be talking about how champions also do detoxes physically and mentally. And we also have some really entertaining detox stories for you as well. So stay tuned for today's show with David Holloway. And I know you guys listening, you are, you know, concerned about your mental health. Uh, you're concerned about maybe trauma that you've had in the past and how that's affecting you. Maybe you're you have done everything for your health or you are eating an amazing diet, taking amazing supplements. You're just kind of doing everything possible for your physical health and still aren't feeling well. And so I created a masterclass called the Emotional Detox Masterclass that goes into how emotional trauma, how childhood development trauma promotes physical health issues. And the research is fascinating on this particular subject. And, you know, I found myself at a certain point having, having amazing physical health, but I just woke up just feeling blah. Like I just woke up, um, not feeling my best mentally, not feeling happy or joyful and, and just felt like there was another level that I could reach another rung or that I wanted to climb in my physical and mental health and doing emotional detox work, trauma work, childhood development work uh, really got me to that next level. And so check out this masterclass at emo-detox.com, emo-detox.com. You won't regret it. My guest today, uh, David Holloway, he's an all-star frontline competitor, and he's traveled over half a million miles, inspiring many Fortune 500 companies uh, with his underdog story of overcoming adversity and winning at the highest levels. Today, he brings peak performance practices to leaders who are committed to an extraordinary future, giving audiences a look into the future of highly successful world-class competitors who will consistently outperform the competition. And David utilizes and shares smart life lessons from his uh, walk-on and NFL experiences to transform thinking within organizations and inspire championship teams. And turning around underperforming teams, peak performance, and building championships is uh, something that he's done firsthand as well as grown up around. So you can learn more about David and his work at davidholloway.com. David, thanks so much for joining the show. 
Oh, you're very welcome. Thanks for having me. I know we've been playing this for a while. Uh, it's been a long time, so let's get right into it. So go, go, go. So that we've been planning this for 10 years? <laughs> yeah, I mean, man, this has been a long time coming. We met a long time ago, I remember, at Sean Stevenson's event. And um, yeah. we, we hit it off and we planned to do so much. And then we lost touch COVID a little bit. But, you know, glad we stayed in touch and um, happy to be here to serve uh, your listeners. Great. Yes. And so why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background and your kind of um, expertise and mindset and leadership and championship football and all that? All right. Well, my mindset, uh, well, my background is uh, pretty unique in that I'm a third generation pro athlete. My <clears throat> my dad played professional football for the Patriots. Um, got love for all you Patriot fans out there. And my grandfather, my mother's side, played for the Bruins, the big bad Bruins in the 70s, won two championships. He's the real superstar of the family, uh, sadly, passed a couple years ago. But I grew up in this championship environment where, by default, I just got kind of lucky to be around all these amazing people uh, that were at the top of each of their sports at some point or another. Are you talking about Bobby Orr or Bo Jackson or the the Patriots that played in the 85 Super Bowl and the collaboration with them. I know it's kind of the Chicago Bears guys. So growing up, it was a pretty unique environment when it comes to sports and athletics. And when you're in that world, it, a lot of people look at it as what they remember in high school or jocks. Um, but let me just shift some of the energy a little bit to share with people that it is a sports entertainment business and if you're not making money then you're gone so it's very cutthroat where only about one less than one percent actually make it so you can imagine the kind of physical rituals the physical detoxes the mindset that um i grew up around that naturally just rubbed off as everybody knows in the environment we'll get into this a little bit your environment plays a big part in how you respond, how you react, what kind of vibe and energies in the air that all kind of line up to set yourself up to win. And that's what really a, a champion, world-class athlete champ, who's living a championship lifestyle, what we call is doing that. They're always setting up to win. They're always curious about self-improvement and getting better every single day. That was an environment that I was very, very lucky to grow up in. And when it comes to leadership and, you know, getting uh, alpha men at a young age, you know, usually as an athlete, you're between 20 and 30 years old that are getting paid a ton of money. You talk about egos, you talk about divas, you talk about people that are just probably the hardest people to get together and moving in one direction. Um, you learn a lot of tricks about leadership. You learn a lot about human communication. And there's so many different skills that translates to all different parts of life that is involved when we talk about championship lifestyles. And that's what a little bit of what I came to share with you guys today is those peak performance practices, some of the mindset tricks, and some powerful reminders because Listen, at the beginning of the year, we have all these New Year's resolutions and you hear about it, the new year, new me and all this to where it's almost, you know, you almost don't want to hear it anymore, right? But 
when you're talking about living a world-class lifestyle, it's something that doesn't just come up in New Year's. It comes up over and over and over again as the year goes on. And there's check-ins that you have. And that's what being part of a championship team is all about. Because, yes, we got together and played and did stuff on the field for sports entertainment. But outside of the ice, of the court, the arena, we were all, not all, but most of us in that you know tight community were friends. And we continued to help each other off the field, off the ice, off the court. We got to know each other's families. And we became and kind of lived this championship lifestyle even away from sports. So when we talk about the things we're doing today, I want everybody here to really understand that this is more than just a resolution. This is more than just another mindset hack. This is really a championship lifestyle that I want to kind of bring, uh, share with the world. And now that's what I do, actually. I, I, I'm a motivational speaker, um, and I go around the world teaching some of the peak performance practices and what it's like to be inside a real championship environment that um, I got lucky to be around. But again, they taught me it's the gifts aren't really complete. All the luck and the gifts I was given, it's not really complete until I share it with other people. So I'm happy to be here and do some of that today. Great. Yeah. And so I want you to share some of your tips about mindset, because I think when it comes to detoxification, there's a lot of changes that people have to make in their choices and not in really, you know, limiting drinking, going to bed earlier, um, eating a better diet, doing a lot of like, you know, detox protocols and spending a lot of time and money doing that and really making a big shift in their health, either to prevent health issues or to they're looking to reverse a, a diagnosis that's being caused by toxins. So it can be a, a big lifestyle change, a big learning curve. So can you talk about how people can improve their mindset and be maybe a little bit more excited about the gift that they're giving themselves, which is the gift of health? Yes, I um, I can speak to that. And I've had plenty of experience in doing that because when you are a world-class athlete, your body is your business. You have to invest in, uh, time, energy into it, and you have to seek out other experts in your field. And it's something you're always doing. Like I said, you're always looking to set yourself up to win. When it comes to mindset, when it comes to taking anything on that you feel like maybe overwhelming or maybe a big task, uh, the first thing I would say to do is to get a journal. And I invite everybody to keep uh, a log of their progress, of their goal, whatever that is, and keep track of where you are now. It's almost like if you were going to work out and I was your trainer. The first thing we would do, we would take a picture of you, let's say in a bathing suit picture, right? Front, side, back. We get the real picture idea the picture of doing that and we put it in the journal so we know exactly where we are we're not lying about it we're not scared to take accountability yes it might not be where we need to be or we want to be but this is where we're at right now this is the the bottom line so we would do that and next we would say okay now what is it that rate where you're at one to ten so we have a number so we're keeping track 
And now the next thing is to where do you want to go? Where do you want to be? What's the end goal? Not, you know, for the summer body, but how do you want to feel? Do you want to feel lighter on your feet? Do you want to finally start rehabbing, you know, the ankle injury? Certain things that are just going to make you through your day to day just feel better. So you could bring more joy, energy, you can share more of the gifts. So that's how we would start and we would break it down. And I'm, I'm going to, I was going to get into this question later, but I'll, I'll just say it right now. One of the key questions you want to ask yourself when you're starting anything major after you know where you are, exactly where you want to go, is to ask yourself the question, what's the tiniest, smallest, simplest step I can make right now that's going to give me progress to where I want to be? Because when we're talking about the human body, we're talking about human nature, things can't be rushed if you want to do it in a healthy way, if you want to really do it in a detox way, if you want to live this championship lifestyle I'm talking about, you know it's going to take a while. You know you have to have discipline and patience. So those are the things that can really help you start off. And with the journal, you keep track of that. So every week or at least every month, you're writing down your numbers. You know exactly where you are. So you have clarity. And let me rewind a little bit to the second step was, the question is, where do you want to be? That is something that needs to, a lot of time really needs to be spent there. And one of the steps I teach uh, all over the world now, one of my top steps is called, you know, properly crafting a vision. What is that? That's really architecting your bigger future. And you really need to sit down with your journal. And I invite you to do this. Get your journal get into an environment that you know you can have no distractions, pen and pad, and you just brain dump exactly where you wanna be, how you wanna feel, what the environment's gonna be like. And when you get, you wanna spend a lot of time there and a lot of people miss on that. Because when you have a promise land, a vision in the future that's so clear and real that if I you know jump through into your life and I ask you, tell me exactly what your bigger future looks like. What does it feel like? What do you see? Bring me into the motion picture of that. A lot of people can't do that. And a lot of people, when you ask them what their bigger future is, they just, you know, shrug their shoulders and say, I don't know. Or, you know, they give a very vague answer. And what's the significance in all this? Why spend even more time journaling and, and crafting out a vision of your bigger future? The reason why is when you have something so clear and so powerful, it will literally pull you towards it. And when you have that future pull towards something, it's easy to get excited about it. It's easy to put in the time, the energy, and make sure that you're not skipping things. Or if you do miss something, you already have a day scheduled in the future where it's your missed day time. So you can be on track and be on your A game to getting to that goal. And I'll tell you a quick story. When I was at the University of Maryland, when I first started my athletic journey, you would have thought it would have been great. Roses, you got this championship lifestyle, you're around all these amazing Hall of Famers, uh, Stanley Cup, Super Bowl. It's an easy in for you. Most people would think that dead wrong. They didn't care. I don't know why they should have, but they didn't care. So when I first started sports, people said I was too small, I was too slow, didn't have what it takes, didn't have my dad's size. He was about 6'6", six, six, I'm 6'2". Six, you don't have your grandfather's athleticism, his toughness, 
maybe you should try something else. Just quit because athletics is just is not in your future. That's what I was told. And it would have been nice if it was one, two, 10, or even 50 people. I got rejected. Listen to this. I got rejected by over 850 Division One colleges. No. Over- Are you serious? Yes. <laughs> you can, I mean, think of, you can think of the worst college out there for sports and they didn't want me either. It was just no David, like, you know, that kid's book, no David. It was just <laughs> not at all. They weren't, they just didn't think I was good enough. And it wasn't just the 850 colleges there. They had, I did the math on this. There's over 10,000 scouts that go out and look out, evaluate talent. You know, I, they didn't think I was good enough. Walked on the university of Maryland. I was 16. I, I couldn't even get into practice. They didn't allow me to eat with the team. I had to run off to campus and run back while eating my food. I got laughed at for having a triple digit number. I was given clothes by the equipment manager that had holes in it, mismatched socks. I mean, I was, it was awful. What kept me going through all that? When I started doing well, you know, two years later, one of the best in the, in the country, uh, now getting recruited by NFL teams and all these people are wondering where I came from. I told them the secret was, because everybody asked, how did you get here? I told them the secret was me crafting, architecting my bigger future. The vision I had was so clear. I could see it even in the beginning. If I closed my eyes, I could see exactly where I was going to be, what I was going to do, what I was going to help Maryland do in the community, not just for me. And all those things came true, but none of it would have came true if I didn't have that future pull. And it's biblical even. I'm not very religious, but in every religion, clarity, vision, those things will always pop up. And in the Bible, the one of the quotes is, without a vision, thou people shall perish. And I looked that up, I remember, and perish really, my favorite definition of it was just you begin to fade away. And I really feel like there's moments in my life where when I didn't have that future pull, when I didn't have that bigger vision. If I didn't spend time with my journal and pen and pad thinking of exactly what I want, those are the moments in my life where I feel like I really was perishing. And I, the analogy I use is life handed me a ticket to go sit in the stands and watch the game of life being played over here on the field while I just sat and wasted, you know, time of my life I can sadly never get back. So one of the reasons it's such a mission of mine to share this and to let people know the power it has is because I went through it on my own. Even with the great family legacy, I had to do this on my own. And this is the number one thing that carried me to that promised land. Because when it's that clear, now I remember I don't mind getting up at 5 a.m. and working out before anybody else is even up. I don't mind going out to seek out other best in my industry to take time to do that because I know the future is going to be so exciting, something I crafted, not anybody else, that it's coming my way. And the faster I do these things, the faster it's going to come. And when it did come, it was 
it was wonderful. It was great. A little weird because everybody went from walking right by me and who is this loser from the sixth team and laughing at me to now giving me all the respect in the world. And it was the same people on both sides. So it became a little strange. Um, I didn't expect the story to get as big as it was where people were dropping out of their college to come you know, to the University of Maryland to try to duplicate that. And then on to the next level, we were talking about professional sports, where I helped turn the Arizona Cardinals, one of the worst franchises in sports history, around to a year and a half after I got there. Uh, they're in the first Super Bowl in franchise history. And something I'm very proud of, but it's also, again, reinforces the power of you sitting down in your environment, nobody else around, no distractions, and really listen to your heart and anything that comes out, I call it a brain dump, just write it down. Don't get in your own way. And, you know, as we get older, we lose a little bit of connection to that. And part of my job, one of the reasons I'm here, one of the number one things I want to share with you guys today is to sit down and reconnect to that vision a little bit. Here's how I invite you to do that. Smallest step, write it in your calendar. One of my mentors always said that it's not real unless it's in your calendar. So just write in your calendar vision time. And it doesn't have to be long. I tell people, three start with 300 seconds. That's five minutes. Anybody can do that. But it has to be scheduled. And a lot of times people, they say vision. They think it's a little, you know, woo-woo. Or, you know, I've lost so much connection. I have kids. I have all these responsibilities. And they never take the time to really schedule it. So you're challenged today because without challenge, there is no change. Your challenge today is just to do that right in your calendar so you can reconnect and figure out exactly what you want so you're not in the stands of life. And when someone comes around and asks you the question of your exciting future or why are you so excited to get this done, you could tell them exactly why. Yeah. And that is, if you put that energy out there, you put that energy out into the universe, to God, you know, ask God what you want and you, you're specific, you're going to attract that in. When you put that out there, you naturally attract you. When you have a vision that's clear, it, it filters out a lot of stuff. So it makes your job even easier because you know exactly where you're going. So now, you know, when you start to stray, you know you can't stay there for long or you can block out all the distractions that come in because so much of people that say i don't have time or which is the number one excuse or they feel like that so much is coming at them it's because they don't have they need to spend a little bit more time with their vision and i guess what like you said on the way you attract so many other people that can help you on your journey that almost magically seem to pop up at some times that let you know that whatever you're putting out there is doing the right thing by attracting them. Yes, absolutely. And I think people also, um, you know, they get what they focus on. Like you have to say no to, mm -hmm. to many things that you may want to be doing. No to partying on Saturday night or no to that glass of wine every night or do things you don't want to do like coffee enemas or, you know, whatever to detox and help your, your liver repair your liver, or what have you, or eat salads more. And, um, and people, it, it takes discipline and you have to really know what you want for sure. Yeah. Uh, when it comes yeah. to your detox, uh, your health or whatever you're trying to achieve. 
and clarity will help that become so much easier. You know, who wants to get up and do two or three workouts a day before anybody's even up? I don't want to do that. But when I had my vision in place, now I do. Big difference. Stands or you're on the field, you're in one or the other. And I'm not perfect. Like I said, I've been in both and I still, you know, go back and forth and navigate because clarity and your mindset are always something that have to be continually worked on. Yes. And so let's talk about um, detoxing physically and mentally. So um, so what are some of the detoxes that you and other professional athletes are, are doing? Because I see a lot of people do infrared saunas for, you know, quick recovery, like cryotherapy, again, for reducing inflammation. And there's just all kinds of stuff I've read that a lot of pro athletes are doing these days. Absolutely. And, you know, the technology is getting better and better. It's becoming easier and easier. Some of the things, and I wrote down a list of things that I did um, in Arizona. There's a place called Stretch to Win. You go there, if you've never heard of it, uh, you basically lie down on the massage table and they stretch you for 60 to 90 minutes. And that, the first time I did that, it was amazing. Um, And you can, I know all the people out there and all the benefits about, you know, stretching and hydration and stuff. But here's a little list of what I I did. So stretch to win. I did that blood work. I would do that often to where they would send the blood into a lab. They would break it down to a cellular level and they would tell me the vitamins, minerals, all the things that I needed to get to baseline, things that were too high or dangerously low massages all the time. That's an easy one. Sometimes we do twice a week. Ice baths were a big one that, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the Wim Hof and the breathing uh, is getting popular. That's been going on for thousands of years. So there's nothing new. Uh, Salt baths. I do float pods where I got introduced to those in Arizona too, where you sit in um, the little pod and you have salt water. So you're floating. So there's no, and not only do you get the benefits of the antioxidants in the water, but you also get the benefit of no pressure on any of your joints. Yeah. I love, I love the float tanks. I just found a place here in Tulum that has a float tank. I'm so happy because that magnesium soaking Mm -hmm. through your skin is so essential for detoxification. The sulfur, the magnesium sulfate, you get like all kinds of sulfur for detox. It's so good. Absolutely. I love it. Anytime I, now, anytime I fly into Arizona, I go straight from the airport to the flow pond, the jet lag, you know, almost don't even feel it. It's, it's amazing. And now I've gotten to the point where I could almost, well, I have, I've fallen asleep in them, which is kind of wild to think about, but uh, another one to do chiropractors do that all the time. So I've uh, also done um, uh, Tai Chi. So you, you learn and, and investigate and you study all these different movements and all these different detoxes and you figure out which one works best for you when you're an athlete, because you hear about a lot of them. And just like anything else, I'll easily be the guinea pig and test it on myself. And I tell people, you know, you, you want to give it for me, at least when I was doing these, I gave myself about three months. Now, I'm going to go all in for three months with this. And if I feel better, if I notice a difference or if I'm starting to notice some kind of change, whether that's my mood, whether that's how I feel, then it's something that I know I need to keep doing. And if it's not, then maybe I need to try something else or add it a different way. Because again, when you're in this world of world-class competitors, you have to do everything you can 
to take care of yourself. But I think even as athletes, after sports is over, it's important to continue to do some of those things and not let yourself, just because you're not playing anymore, to lose that lifestyle. Um, so those are some of the things I did physically. The Tai Chi and the breathing really helped me mentally also. The ice baths helped me mentally. Really anything, you know, because so many people want to separate mind and body, but they're really connected. You cannot do something to your mind and not have an effect on your body and vice versa. You cannot do something to your body. They, they work together. They communicate to each other. So even though a lot of these were something physically you have to do, there's so many mental benefits that happen also. And listen, we played a violent game. So we have to take extra care of our body so it can last as long as possible. Because in football, any main physical sport, you're old at the age of 30. I mean, you're, you're like ancient. I mean, unless you're a <laughs> kicker or quarterback, you know, who could play and, you know, they don't really have to get hit. You're, you're an old man at 30. You're one of the veterans. So you have a short window. And in that window, you've got to do everything you can. And these are some of the things that I still continue to do afterwards just to maintain that healthy lifestyle. No, I don't have to lift as much weights when I go and work out. Or I don't have to get massages, you know, twice a week. But I still make sure those are in my routine, my daily rhythm for my own health, mentally and physically. And I think the last thing I want to add in there, when you talk about your own mental health, one of the things in where we met at Sean Stevenson's event, one of the things he always talked about was taking control of your inner dialogue, that inner voice that uh, for a lot of us is still a juvenile. It's a little kid. You know, it could tell you all these mean and nasty things. Even if you're doing well, your inner dialogue can tell you you suck, you know, 50 times a day, even if you are climbing that ladder or you're not good enough or why you're wasting your time, whatever it is. And those are the moments and times where he gave the really the awareness before meeting him. I had no, I didn't, I wasn't even aware of, you know, taking control of your inner dialogue and how important that was. But when you can do that and start talking to yourself like a best friend, then mentally you'll be so much more sharp. And that translates down because think of if we talk to and gave advice to, let's say, a best friend that needed it. If he came over and said, hey, I'm going through this rough time. Can I get some advice? If we spoke to that friend like we speak to ourselves sometimes when we need it, probably wouldn't have too many friends if you're being really honest. So when you're that hard on yourself, it takes a toll after a while. So one of the things he said, one of the things that is part of his legacy that I'm happy to pass along is to start treating yourself a little better. Start having more grace because when you have that kind of friendship with yourself and you're in so much more control of whatever life throws at you, all the challenges, all the adversities. It becomes so much easier when you have you on your side. And I remember when he first told me that, it was like, because I wasn't even aware of that. And in any breakthrough, that's the first step, is just awareness of that that's going on. 
So mentally, you're talking about world-class competitors, champions, you're talking about the highest level, you'll find people when they achieve over the long term, have a very positive, driven inner dialogue. And that comes from being aware of it and treating yourself like a best friend. And it also comes again from having what? From having that clarity to that vision. Because when you see that coming, a lot of the negative stuff you could brush off your shoulders because you know something so much more is coming that you architected. Yeah. And can you talk a little bit about when people get discouraged, like when they kind of uh, get tired or they have like a setback or, you know, how is it best to to deal with that feeling kind of like you're just, you're just tired or you feel like hopeless that you're not going to meet your goal. Yeah. In I'm talking a lot about lifestyle and championship and highest levels, but make no mistake about it. Champions, Super Bowl champions, Stanley Cup, world-class athletes, everybody goes through moments of doubt. Everybody goes moments through moments where they feel fatigued, tired, or they just feel like they can't do it anymore. And there's one thing I'll say to that right away, and that is it's so important when you're chasing certain things to not do it alone to have a workout partner, accountability partner, a friend that you have dialogue about what you want to accomplish, something that's on the, someone who's on the same road as you are. Because with my sport and my family sports, it was a team game. So if somebody was having a bad game, if somebody is going through, you know, a bad, their home life wasn't going well, they're going through a divorce or something major was happening that took a lot of time and energy away from them, the team would rally together and raise their level so the other person would be able to be a human. Because everybody thinks this road to success is gonna be some straight upward line, but it's really not. It really looks like a bump and then another little bump and then another. So you, and sometimes in that bump, you could dip down again. It's more like a roller coaster. And any success, if they show you their path, just like I shared a little bit about mine in the beginning, I started off not getting recruited by everybody, getting laughed at by everybody, being 16, couldn't even get into practice. That was my start, was the angle, the opposite direction that I wanted to go. So it's important to know if you're in one of those moments now, that's life. You know, as uh, one of... The great order of speakers that I, I love to listen to, Les Brown, it's this thing called life, you know, he says. And it just reminds you that we're humans on this journey, and there's always going to be ups and downs. And when you have good dialogue and you're tired, you're not feeling it, don't get down on yourself. Be a best friend, uplift each other. Okay, you're having a bad day or you're having a bad moment. What are some of the things we could do right now that can help slowly reverse things? Or is this a period of time where you just need to rest and and tell everybody no? And again, that's why it's important, like you said, to have a not to do list, because there's certain things that if we just keep adding on, adding on to our plate, we become overwhelmed. Anybody would become overwhelmed. So when you have your not to do list, when you're telling people no, when you're listening to your body and have good inner dialogue, it becomes so much easier to do some of the things that are hard to do for a lot of people. 
and know that that's normal. And again, what I said in the beginning, find a community, find a teammate, find a championship team, a nothing is impossible team, if you will, that is there when you, to go to when you need some cheerleading. Because everybody inside a championship team, when you're living a championship lifestyle, understand that it's going to be ups and downs. And when you have big dreams, big goals, or big visions, you're going to have fatigue moments. And those are the moments where we can lean on other teammates to help us get through that. I can't stress how important that is to find somebody else that's going on the journey you are. They can make it so much easier and they can make it so much more fun. Whenever I had a workout partner in the off season, where if I was getting up early at 5 a.m. when nobody else wanted to, if I could find just one person or two people to, to do that kind of stuff with me, to make it fun, to challenge me, to uplift me. When I was feeling tired, I didn't get the best sleep, where they can bring more energy and just pass that on to me, very important. And it makes it much, much easier when you find that team. One of the reasons why on my end, I just started inside the Holloway huddle where I go in every month we meet for an hour on Zoom and we just do that. We It's a check-in point for people. It's other people that uplift each other. I'm teaching a personal development or peak performance topic where people have their journals. They're doing the check-ins. We're championing each other. So we're all kind of marching forward together because those communities are so important to build especially when you're going on a journey whether that's detox whether that's trying to improve your relationships whatever it is when you're clear on it you're serious about it you're going to need help from other people and as champions real champions are never afraid to ask for help a lot of people think that makes people look weak it's the opposite asking for help allows you to remain strong. There's so many people that I call on when I feel like I'm frustrated or down a certain area to, again, help get me back on my A game because people are counting on us and they need us on our A game. Our team needs us on our A game. Business team, family team, friends teams, a lot of people that when we take championship self-care, detox, when we're living this championship lifestyle, doing the work behind the scenes, journaling, nobody's watching. That's when the championship lifestyle comes into play. And that's what really helps uplift everybody. Yeah. And I think it's okay to, to give yourself a break. Like I think people become, so, can, they can become depressed about being depressed or depressed about being still and not doing anything or not working mm -hmm. on your goals or not working super, super hard or skipping a workout or whatever the case may be. And you, people just need a, a vacation um, sometimes and they need downtime to be more productive and more healthy to refocus uh, their, their vision and their goals. Yeah, as as athlete, I totally agree. If nobody else told you, let me, David, be the first one to tell you out there. If you need breaks, you've got to take them for you and other people. So many people are givers and they give, give, give to other people, forget to take care of themselves. That leads to burnout. That leads to depression. And that's not something we want to do. We're talking about championship lifestyles and detox. You want to give, it's okay to take breaks. 
in the professional in our industry, we have the season and the off season. The off season we're talking about professionally goes from January, if you don't make the playoffs, all the way till summertime. So even if you are, you have at least three months off. So you have plenty of time to break. And when you're hard, hard charging all the time, when you're on the grind and you have thousands of people who want your time and energy, and you have to take a break. And yeah, it's not that dramatic living, you know, living this lifestyle now. There's not that many people, your cameras aren't in your face all the time. But there's still moments in life where it could be overwhelming. You're not in control of everything. But one of my mentors always says, you have to control the controllables. Your mindset, how you're feeling, the breaks you're taking, certain things you're writing in your calendar, all the things we talked about today, you're in control of. And when you're living a championship lifestyle, that's the best you can do is control what you can control. And never be afraid. The best athletes in the world and the, the the people, the highest achievers in the world, everybody takes breaks. Everybody gets in moments where they don't feel like they were as good as the, the people said they were. Or they go through little moments where they do feel kind of sad and depressed. That's normal. That's not something that you should beat yourself up for. So nobody else has told you, you're hearing it from me. Third generation world-class athlete somebody they said shouldn't even do it. <laughs> yes. And can you tell us about some, some entertaining detox stories that you uh, witnessed or experienced along the way? Yeah, I could tell you uh, some of them are, I don't know how entertaining this will be, but these are the first kind of that come to my mind. I remember I hate needles. So anytime I had to do blood work, they knew to like bring me to the side because I've almost passed out like 20 times. So, you know, here, this is big macho NFL linebacker. Uh, just when a needle comes out, I start sweating. I remember I went, we had to get our blood drawn and the phlebotomist, she went through my vein, like out to the other side. It's all this, like, oh. little purple patch here. And I immediately like sweat started coming down and they were like, get him over to the table now. So he doesn't fall uh, I was much bigger then, so it was a lot uh, harder to control if I just fell. Um, that Those kind of stories happen often. When I was getting my blood drawn, where they did it and sent it to the lab, they had to take like 13 vials. So I wasn't scared in the beginning, but I started getting a little lightheaded as bottle like 10, 11, you know, got stuck in my arm. So just part of the weird journey. I remember... An ego journey. I'll tell you a little ego journey I had. Um, one of my mentors in Arizona is a guy by the name of Joe Polish. I know you're familiar with Joe. He, I would go into his office, and above his office was HPS, this uh, place in Arizona. It's uh, this really cutting-edge health place. Tom Inkledon's the guy, the doctor there, who introduced me to a lot of this stuff. Anyway, I was in Joe's office. And he was like, hey, come on. This is just a random day. He said, we're going to go do Pilates. And at that point, I was, you know, 21, 22 years old. I was making a lot of money. Things were going well in so many areas of my life. I developed an ego. And the ego was, I'm this big, you know, macho linebacker. What am I going to do? Or what if somebody sees me doing Pilates and all these, what I thought back then was these like 
female girly workouts. Like it's just, I'm not going. I was like, I'll stay here. You go. But he, he, he was persistent. And I was like, you know what? Fine. I'll, I'll do this. I'll try this. It kicked your butt, didn't it? (laughs) It it was, I'll leave details out about how bad my butt was kicked after that. But what it did for me was it kind of took me back on track where it was like, listen here, you don't know it all. There's so much more to learn. And there's so much more about your body and, and living championship lifestyle and doing the detox that you don't know right now. And you just got your ass kicked because you thought you were too school, you know, too cool for school. And I remember that was just a funny moment. And as soon as I finished that, I was like, never again will I look at something and say, I'm too good for that, or I'm better than that, or this isn't for me. And that led me to try all these other things, whether that was the Tai Chi or uh, the, I did this Shaolin training. I did boxing. I did MMA. I did, um, I used to look at, there was one of the most famous and arguably the best football player ever is Jerry Rice, the receiver for San Francisco 49ers. He did ballet when he uh, trained in the off season. And Lynn Swan, another great graceful receiver, did ballet. And before that moment, you know, it was like, it just looked so feminine. And and it just, I wasn't aware. I didn't have the breakthrough or the training. A lot of times when you're younger, when you're going through a journey, even if maybe you're new on the journey, there's so much that you might not know and so much information out there that might be overwhelming. Again, it all goes back to your foundation of where you are, where do you want to go, and how much time are you spending there? If you look at any area of your life where you're achieving, you're doing the things you want to do, and I guarantee you're spending time there. And that's one of my missions, journeys, again, to reconnect you to vision of your bigger future. And when you have that in place, all these little steps of when you're fatigued and you know me getting my ego you know, having a mentor there to bring me out of my shell to get me, uh, you know, back on track to an A game, all that stuff kind of lines up, you know? So it's not something that I take lightly. I feel like crafting a vision and spending time with it is one of the most important life decisions that you can make. And I know I've brought that up over and over again, but it's something that I'm serious about. And I really want to reconnect you to that if you haven't before or in a long time. Fantastic. And so is there anything else that you that you want to add that maybe you haven't mentioned about, um, you know, mindset or manifestation or leadership or anything of that nature? I, I guess um, there's questions that I want to just kind of review, I guess, that we kind of went over. The first question, I think. This is going to help you a little bit with movement. The first question is one to 10, where are you? You always got to know where you're at. And then the second question after that, I want you to ask yourself is, how do I increase that by one? By 1%. World-class athletes, world-class competitors, you're never going to get to 100%. We know where we're at now. And we know getting taking these little steps, getting better every day, 
how we're going to improve by one. So many people try to take everything on at once and it's overwhelming and you'll burn out. And when you try to be a perfectionist, that also leads to burnout. So again, give yourself grace with how fast you're moving and what your numbers are, but also give yourself grace in being okay with improving it by 1%. If you're getting 1% better, and I forget what the math is on this, but you can do it. One of my mentors said, if you're getting 1% or 0.001% better every single day, at the end of the year, you're over 300% better. So little by little, these little steps become a lot. So that'd be the second question. How do you increase it by one? And the last question we went over earlier, I want to remind you of, is what is the smallest, tiniest step I could take right now that'll give me momentum, that will give me progress towards the goal? So those three questions will help you with your action. Everything else with the mindset, you start with the foundation of who you are and what you're all about. And I guess that, that'll lead me to answering your question a little more clear. Anything else mindset-wise? One of the things I remind people when you know people join inside my huddle or I go speak to them or I'm doing a half-day training, whatever that is, I always remind people of their foundation, of all the people that it took for you to be there, for me to be here, and to remember all the giants of shoulders. The shoulder, We stand on the shoulders of giants. All the people that came before me, all the time, love, and energy they invested into me, I feel like another mindset trick that keeps me you know, hungry, that keeps me wanting to continue to hunt my greatness, is knowing the fact that so many great people, all my successes can be attributed to them and to so many other people. And I feel like we're honoring them by living this championship lifestyle. And I believe we're honoring life by living this championship lifestyle. When you're growing and you're reaching to your best of your ability, increasing by one, doing the work behind the scenes, knowing where you're at, taking the pictures, working on your inner dialogue. When you're doing those things, I feel like you just honor life more. You're giving back to something that, you know, that's the question that nobody can really answer. Why are we here? What's it all for? Why should we even be doing this? And the question I'm asking is why not? If we know that these things are going to help improve our lives, yes, for us, but also I want to remind people to never forget where they come from, never forget who they come from, and the people that are still here, people that might have passed on, that invested into you. And when you do all this work, I feel like you're honoring them and in by doing so honoring life. So I know that was a little deep, <laughs> but it's something that I think when we're grounded in our foundation allows us to really understand why it's so important that we continue to challenge ourselves, that we continue to do the learning, that we continue to seek out other mentors and teams that could help us win because when we rise, I love the analogy, when you're in water, you know, you rise, one boat rises, water rises, all the other boats in that rise. And I feel like that's the best way to do life. That's what I was taught being a third generation world-class competitor champion, being around this championship environment, championship lifestyle. That's what I would say to you.
Fantastic. Well, David, that was so good. And I think everyone needs a reminder uh, from time to time about setting goals and going after your goals and, and not getting so uh, down about setbacks. People can just really beat themselves up if they're just not on yeah. constantly on the path to improvement or or whatnot. Um, but so thanks so much for, for coming on the show, David. And why don't you tell us uh, where we can uh, learn more about your work and, and what you do and how to work with you? Absolutely. Well, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening. To find out more about me, you just go to my website, davidholloway.com, H-O-L-L-O-W-A-Y. And on there, you could find out exactly what I'm doing. Social media-wise, it's at Holloway. You could find me on Instagram, all the other social platforms. And that's where you could find me. If there's a question that you have that I could help you with, there's some connection that I could make uh, that you feel like would help. If I could be part of your team, or if you want to join my Inside the Huddle membership, you can find that on my website where we meet every single month or on social media. Just ask me a question at DX Holloway. I'll do my best to get back to you because I feel like when any, when I go on any show or I and a podcast or go speak to people, no matter how many. I always tell people the way I was taught is that once we've huddled up kind of together and come together and shared this life together, we're teammates for life. I'm here to help you even after this is over. So I encourage you to take advantage of that. I'm not someone who shows up and leaves. I'm somebody who sticks around, who wants to see people succeed who believes in them, no matter if we met before, because I believe in the power of the human spirit. I'm here to give you the powerful reminders. And that's one of my purposes as I continue to hunt my greatness and continue to honor all those who came before me and to honor life itself, this thing called life. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, David. Well, thanks so much for coming on the show. And everyone, thanks for tuning into the Myers Detox Podcast. I'm Dr. Wendy Myers. And uh, it's just such a a pleasure every week to to bring this show to you and experts from around the world to help you upgrade your your health and your life. So thanks thanks for listening every week. The Myers Detox Podcast is created and hosted by Wendy Myers. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Wendy Myers and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.